Hey, welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out our hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it out. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online options while filling out the card. Again, we're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. I love that video because uh, as we were in worship, first and second service, I, I had memory of prophecy that's been prayed over this or has been spoken. Prophecy is just a foretelling of the future from some people that I totally trust. Pastor Becky, some other people who have had prophecy and visions of water uh, either filling up this place like, like a flood, but also going out from this place. And even someone from another church saw that. And I'm like, that sounds good. Like water flowing out. That sounds life-giving and peaceful, but that video, I mean, it, it's like the rain came, the winds came, and yet we are standing and we're rooted, and that's our series we're in, but, uh, you know, water is cleansing. Fire, we've all been through the fire the last couple years, for sure, and fire purifies, but water cleanses, and I believe we're in a season of cleansing, and I'm talking I thought last service I told them cleansing, like maybe a cleansing of the church as a whole. I think a cleansing of us personally. It's not always trial by fire and burning out the fi- with fire. It's a cleansing of water. And, uh, and, you know, I found myself during that worship service not singing, but talking those words out loud. And we would call that declaring, but I think it's because I just need and want more of the Holy Spirit than ever before. And sometimes I can't just sing and get lost in the song, I need to say it. I need to say it because it's strong, powerful, and it's prophetic. It's speaking something into being. But I happen to get the easiest, I thought, message of the whole series in Rooted. It's rooted in your Jesus journey. And I thought, that's simple, that's easy. I'm a simple person. In fact, my husband, your pastor, Sean, he would say, I'm a simple soul. And I think that's a compliment. I've always taken it as one. He'll say, oh, you're a simple soul. And I'm like, thank you. And maybe he means like you're simple, right? Because he's very intellectual. But I always, because I'm simple, I took it as a compliment. I, I find joy in the little things. And so for me, my Jesus journey is elementary to me. It's simple. It's this plus this equals. Like to me, it's like two plus two equals four. And I see it as clear. And I see the Bible as it says this. And then this, and if you add it together, then this. Like I see it that way. If I take two sticks, put two more, I have four sticks. Uh, that's not complicated to me. Dog is D-O-G, cat is C-A-T. Uh, it's not like philosophy to me. It's not like interpretations of history to me. My Jesus journey isn't, even math in our world has become philosophical. What is true, what is fact. Uh, I'm so elementary that I even wrote my first book called Jesus Plus Life. I mean, that's simple. But simple doesn't mean easy. 
Simple can be deeply difficult. Pastor says often the hardest part of writing his messages and preparing for a Sunday is taking the things away that are unnecessary so he can bring the, the word and the truth that you need to hear, but it's the pulling away, it's making it simpler that is more difficult. So simple can be deeply difficult, but here's the problem. Because we like simple, I like simple, our brain likes simple, the world has simplified things and even removed truths to make the whole thing even telling us that Christianity is love. Jesus is love. Just love people, right? It's like karma. You do good to others. I've met people. Yeah, I would say I'm a Christian. You know, I do good. I love people. And, you know, I believe there's a God and I love God. So therefore, that's it, right? But this is the verse that we're gonna read right before we pray, Colossians 2, six through eight, and it says, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from the human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Let's pray. God, I pray that there is a spiritual war actually going on at all times. God, I don't think that I'm over-spiritualizing or oversimplifying. We fight against darkness and hopefully we're the light and we're a part of the light. And God, I pray that the spiritual enemies at work, even in our mind, even in uh, our, our thoughts, God, you would silence that and your truth and the spirit of you and your lightness would be all that we hear and all that we see for the rest of this message. In Jesus' name, amen. So if I look at, if I wanna be rooted in Jesus, that verse, like how, I wanna know how. And so the first thing my mind jumped to was the verse, like step one verse, right? Romans 10, nine. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Check, good, got it. First step, best verse. Second verse, I think uh, it's called the great commandment. And this is where people get love God, love others, just love, right? It says this, uh, on hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, let me pause there, he had silenced them. They were religious leaders. They were angry church people. That's kind of how we would think of them, but they were, they were mad religious people. And it says Jesus silenced them. Believe me, after first service, because I said, God, uh, before service, I said, I need you to have me speak what I should and shut my mouth on things that shouldn't come out of my mouth. And, and I felt like, that flow and that was good. And I was up in, um, in Sean's office between services and I'm like, God, this is a hard truth. You'll see, this is hard. This is a lot, God. And I thought maybe I'll pull back. And I was standing looking in the mirror and I felt so clear. He said, you think I came to the world and I didn't disrupt? And then I'm reminded of this verse on hearing Jesus had silenced. The Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, so I gotta still preach what God told me to preach. Here we go. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, and he's speaking of 631 laws, by the way. Jesus replied, simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. 
All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So that's the great commandment, right? I wish that the answer was just love others, love God, love is all that matters. We hear the world say that, and then we hear that verse, and Christians say, I think that might be right, that he saved me, and now it's just all about love. I wish that was true, but wrong. It's not just all about love because we don't back up or we don't pause at the end of that verse, which said all the law and prophets hang on it. They don't replace it. Now, 613 commandments were laws for the people to live by. Now, I am grateful that it was boiled down to 10 commandments. But listen, we are not in a new covenant, a New Testament church. Some people will say that, you've heard that. If you find out you're in a new covenant church and you only live under the new covenant, run. Because they're saying that the Old Testament is an old covenant and it doesn't apply, and that's not true. Because the Bible is one congruent story. Jesus has even talked about in Genesis, labeled the word. And it's strong throughout the Bible. And only later did they divide it into Old and New Testament. And Old Testament's much bigger than New Testament. I can kind of understand why it's easier to just be a new covenant church. But we are a full Bible church. And so we go off of the Old Testament and the Ten Commandments still. And this is what Jesus said, love God and love your neighbor All of them hang on this, listen to this, this is why, because 10 commandments, the first four of the 10, they amplify what it means to truly love God. So if we love God, we'll put him first in our life, above all our other allegiances and relationships, we will reject all forms of idolatry, and we'll show reverence for his sacred name and even his holy day. The other six commandments help to define in concrete terms how we must love our neighbor. Not only are harmful actions forbidden by God's law, things like lying, stealing, adultery, murder, but the Bible also makes it clear that we must try to do good to others, help others when we can. That's what it means to love my neighbor. That is much, much deeper than all you need is love. It's just love, peace, love, and harmony, and crystals. No, it's way more than that. So I want to back up, though, and go to the easier verse, which is the first one, that he be my Lord and Savior. Now, many ask Jesus to save them because we want to be saved from hell. We want to go to heaven and we want to be saved from this emptiness. And believe me, after first service, even though I had people who, you know, liked it and said nice things, I was like, God, let me talk about dreams and joy and all the good stuff. Don't make me talk about the next part, but I have to because we want him to save us and fill us with joy and save us from ourselves. But we don't like the Lord part of Lord and Savior because Lord means submission. And if you've ever seen a medieval movie, which I'm all about, if it's got Victorian anything in it, if there's a princess in a corset and there are, I was going to say knives, but there's swords, I like the knights, I like the medieval thing. But one thing that you recognize in a medieval movie is that there's a Lord typically and they bow. There is a full submission to their lordship. Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters, for either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. Lord means that we submit everything. This is what Savior means. Savior asks people to seek forgiveness for sins, but Lord summons us to a lifetime, a devoted disciple of Jesus. Jesus' Savior emphasizes sins forgiven. Jesus' Lord emphasizes a reorientation of your life in which, yes, 
it includes sins forgiven, but I'm no longer the king of my domain. This reorientation changes everything. Jesus is savior impacts me. Jesus is Lord, yes, impacts me, but everyone around me. Jesus is savior is often deeply personalistic and privatized. It's compartmentalized. But Jesus is Lord retains the personal dynamic, but spreads it out to impact everything and everyone around me, including my spouse, my kids, the people in my family, that it's, I've compartmentalized how I act at Thanksgiving and how I act on weekends and how I act on Sunday. Jesus is Savior affects only the so-called spiritual aspects of my life, but Jesus is Lord affects all of my life. It's holistic, all-encompassing. It's not limited to Sunday, to life groups, to catalysts, or more generally to the religious side of my life. Instead, it lays at the center of my life and thereby reorientates, shapes, and informs everything else. So here's the answer. I need simple still. I still need simple. So what are we saying? To be rooted in Jesus, he has to be Lord of our life. But how do we make him Lord of our life? To have our roots grow deeply. Two things, discernment and holiness. Discernment rescues me from my own thoughts my own fleshly desires and ideas. It saves me from temptation. Discernment, like pastor preached weeks ago, and it was incredible. Are you a saint or are you a sinner? Discernment reminds me, Sonny, you got a private Facebook message from a man who made you feel really good. A sinner would reply back and keep the conversation going. But a saint would say, I'm gonna show Sean and I'm not gonna reply. A sinner goes and does sinful things. A saint, not because we're perfect, but because we're, we're saints, we're in Christ, does a different thing. Discernment is that red flag, that check in your spirit. Kind of sounds like the savior part of God's character. He saves us from disaster. But holiness keeps us from doing some things. We have to quit some things and we have to create some new habits. That sounds like making him Lord. So let's focus on discernment first. Discernment typically precedes holiness. When Jesus was selecting who to follow him, he saw things in these guys and these ladies that nobody saw in them. Jesus had discernment in them that they could be holy. And if you've watched, has anyone watched The Chosen? I made people raise their hand. Raise your hand if you've watched Chosen. If you haven't, I hope that you go home and you watch The Chosen. I thought the only two really great shows that will last the test of time was Lost and This Is Us. Parenthood is like a runner-up. I mean, those are the greatest shows of all time. And Chosen is like This Is Us, only it's anointed. It's not Cheeseball, it's not the Love Dare, Courageous, Hallmark, cruddy movies, it's none of that. Chosen, there was one episode that Pastor and I watched that we shut it off and like, this is us, we would just sit and cry and then think, why didn't we have more children? Those were those, our thoughts. Um, this one, we shut it off and we sat on the edge and we were both heaving, crying. We couldn't pull ourselves together. I love Jesus more after watching The Chosen. Jesus uh, picked some dudes and Mary Magdalene was a wreck, but Jesus depicted it and it's so good and then I'll go to the Bible and say, that didn't really happen. And I go to the Bible, I'm like, it really happened, but I didn't see it that way. Uh, Peter was the jerk and was cocky. Matthew, they really didn't like Matthew. And uh, there were all of these quirks that, why would Jesus pick them? Because he discerned something and discernment can come before holiness. 
Discernment also gives us a spiritual awareness. The great, com- the great commandment said, love him with all your heart, your mind. Well, this is repeated throughout the Bible. Love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. That adds your body. So our body also, we can have discernment for. And this is what I would say to you. Um, some of you have been waiting on the next doctor's report. You have, you're waiting on the doctor to find what's wrong, to diagnose correctly. But I believe if it's true, as the Bible says, heart, soul, mind, strength, that's our body, that he can give us discernment when we're sinning, when we're doing something in our mind, our spirit, but he can give us discernment in our body. And I know my body more than any doctor knows my body. And I'm not saying go to the, not go to the doctor. I'm saying you ask God for wisdom and insight, which then comes out when we practice it in discernment. And you walk into the doctor's office and say, I think I have this. And don't, make them, don't let them make you feel weird and say, I'd like this, this, and this tested. You know how many times I've requested 18 labs when I was told, no, you only need one or we're not going to do any labs. Because I felt in my body, because I prayed about it, that God gave me insight, discernment for all areas. 1 Timothy 4, 7 says, have nothing to do with irrelevant silly myths, rather train yourself for godliness. And this is where I think body is important because the next part, eight, wouldn't be in the Bible. It would have been left out if this isn't important for while bodily training is of some value. I'm not just talking CrossFit, although I I, I would say working out, we know it's beneficial. We live longer, we are healthier. But it's important enough that it was put in there and said, while bodily training, this is training your body to submit, training your body and treating your body a certain way. It says, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance for to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the savior of all people, especially of those who believe. That's discernment. Holiness. First Peter 1.15 says about holiness, but like the Holy One who is called, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. I would say, I mean, to say I'm holy, how can I? But the Bible uses another word called sanctification, and that means getting holier as you go. We won't reach full sanctification until we get to heaven, when we're in our holy heavenly bodies and we live in perfection. Sanctification is a holiness leveling up. But It says, be holy as he is holy. So we actually are supposed to be holy. Uh, But what what I love is that Jesus gave us an example of what it looks like to discern what he wants you to do and make him um, savior, but then what it looks like to have holiness to make him Lord of your life. When he talked about, and to the rich young ruler. So the rich young ruler was called the rich young ruler. And when Jesus was around him, the rich young ruler said, Jesus, I wanna follow you, I, I, I love you. I, he became savior to the rich young ruler. And then he said, Jesus, what do I have to do? And Jesus said, give up all your stuff. And he said, but I'm the rich young ruler. Like, that's my identity. You're wanting me to give it all up? I can't even do that, that's my title. He wasn't willing to step into holiness. So he, he was saved, but he didn't step into holiness. Submission to the authority of God trickles down to everyone who sees it and everyone around you. Uh, An example of this is we have a dog. We have two dogs, actually. We have a dog that's too big for me. I love him, and he has the personality of a small lap dog, but he's a 80-pound chocolate lab. He's actually very sweet and nice. Then we have a cranky little dog that loves us on occasion like a cat would, and he's six pounds. 
He's my little critter. He goes everywhere with me. Well, we have him on, I keep him on a leash that is a retractable leash. And because he goes with me everywhere, sometimes he's even in airports, um, I've even taken him to malls. I'm that person. And one time I said, oh, I'm a critter mom, like a, a fur baby mom. And Sean goes, don't ever say that again. Like that really makes us sound empty nesty and old and desperate. And I'm like, I am desperate. And uh, so Louie, this cute little Bier Yorkie, it's, it's spelled Beaver Yorkie. So I say Bier Yorkie. Uh, that, he's a black and white Yorkie. He's little, he's cute, he's wonderful. And I have him on a retractable leash because unlike Moses, who's a male and goes to the bathroom like a girl dog, and we're all embarrassed as a family unit over Moses, and he's never realized that he's a male, you have Louie who he thinks he's a man and he's gonna mark everything. He would go to every pole, in, whether he had to go to the bathroom or not, and he would mark it. And I mean, right now, this would be a perfect example. This pulpit, he'd love it. So I keep him on a short leash because if I'm in an airport, people's luggage are a pole to him. So he's just marking right, so I keep him right here. And as long as I keep him close, we're good. I have for 22 years of ministry talked about being on a short leash with Jesus. I've never seen it worked out as well as I do with my Louis right now. My Louis, it sounds like I have a Louis Vuitton. I don't. He's the closest thing I got to a Louis Vuitton. Anyway, I have said this for years and when I meet new people, and I really don't say this to, Christ, to non-Christians because they think, well, I, won't, I don't want that Jesus stuff because you, you gotta go on a leash. But I say, I want a short leash. And my sanctification process in my mind, because I'm simple, is that as I'm more sanctified and as I ask God to make me holier and to give me checks in my spirit about things, he'll shorten my leash so that I get jerked because I'm telling you when Louis like the thing, the button gets pushed and he starts to go and I realize he's headed for a piece of luggage of someone else's, I push that button and it yanks him and he comes, I mean like a tape measure, he comes back to me um, in the air. And, and so I know what it is to pull him close and I ask God, shorten my leash, keep, I wanna walk right here. The Bible says uh, that, that he, we are the, he is the branch, we are the vine. We are the vine, he is the branch. First way, we don't know where we begin and where he ends. I don't wanna know where I end and Louis begins, where God ends and I begin. And that's sanctification, that's holiness. Now here's a really dumb example. Uh, I was just speaking this message in Toronto, and so I was preparing for it last week. It was, I was not gonna preach it there, but the pastor had to go into the doctor, and so I, quickly finished my message for this week, did it last Sunday, and so I'm working on it last Saturday night. And uh, in Canada, you eat ketchup chips. And uh, they, Lay's even makes ketchup chips. It's the greatest invention. But my hotel, I walked in and they had homemade from a chippery, that's not like a wood chip place, I guess, from a chippery, a boutique chippery, had made homemade ketchup chips. I took those up to my room. I was preparing in the Holy Spirit with some ketchup chips. And I knew because my leash is short, even on my body. I knew, okay, enough, Sonny. You don't need to eat the whole bag. And it wasn't like, it was this big. It wasn't this, but it was, it was this big. You don't need to eat the whole bag. Because here's what I know about my leash now. It incorporates my thoughts. It incorporates my spiritual side, it also incorporates my body. And when I feel fat, gross, overweight, I'm a mean wife, I'm a mean mom, I do not act like Jesus because I'm just mad about myself and about life. So I know where my leash, 
jerks me. No joke, I took half my bag, rolled it up, took the bag to the bathroom, because everybody knows if you take your food away from the room you're in, you're not gonna eat it anymore, right? But if it's sitting here, I just would have continued. So I took it to the bathroom, I had rolled it up, took it to the bathroom, halfway to the bathroom, I'm like, I have three steps left. I could get three more chips in. And I literally out loud in my mouth said, Sonny, oh, okay, God. And I crumpled it up and I put it on the, now, I'm not saying I don't struggle with things outside of ketchup chips. I'm not trying to say my holiness is so good and defined. I'm so refined, it's down to three chips. No, I'm saying that is even a holiness thing for me. It's an obedience. I've made a deal with God. God, you know I prayed for 20 years. Help me with my body image. Help me with my control. Help me with my anxiety about how I look. And he said, okay. And so he helped me put some steps in place. And so now I need to operate within it. But a short leash and making God Lord of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your body means garbage in, garbage out. If you want to know how short is your leash or where do you need to have it yanked a little, go home and look on Netflix and see what your suggested watching is next. If it's, you know, sometimes you rent an Airbnb or you go to a hotel and they've got the last person logged in. There have been times I was ready to text the family text and say, who is watching Halloween movies in December? Like, I was like, why is it evil, evil, evil? And then I realized, oh good, okay, whew, we're not logged in, that's the last person's. But if my suggested watch list on Netflix is horror, horror, and I'm saying horror and whore, <laughs> you need to clean it up. There's your answer. Social media, I don't have to go there, Pastor did last week, and not on my behalf, on his behalf, I apologize. He said the, minute, he said the B word about people complaining and with the B word. He said, oh, our staff said, oh, we saw it on Pastor's face. He was like, oh, and he felt convicted. He said, that's not for the pulpit, that's not for the stage. Uh, you, you know social media, you know the people that, it's not even that you're seeing like evil, but the, it's turned into gossip and hate and anger, and you wonder why you hate people. But everybody you watch and you follow on social media hates people, therefore garbage in, garbage out. Gossip. Gossip is, gossip's been my thing, <laughs> been my thing, been my struggle most of my life, and I, I won't blame it on being a woman, but I can find lots of people who will gossip with me, and I've, th there's a lot of people that would love for me to join in. And it's something that God yanked my leash a while ago. And you know what's so good about having a short leash is it hasn't happened in a while because I'm scared of the Lord. I have such a fear of God. And then I have to tell Sean and then he laughs every time. I could say something about a woman today to one of you and I would walk into festival and I'd walk into her and I'd be like, oh, I just said something negative about her and now I just walk. That's how short my leash is. And then I tell Sean, guess what? And he laughs, he's like, you don't get to, I don't get to. That's my short leash. So gossip, gossip I just, I just it, it, I, it blows up in my face. It says in Thessalonians 5, through 24, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ who calls you is, he who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. Now this is where I want to just say before I start, and the other ones on the internet, we're gonna keep it out there. This is all scripture that I'm gonna to read to you. I am injecting none of my opinion in the next scriptures. But where the world says the Bible is silent on issues, 
This just clearly states the Bible isn't silent on any issues. Again, this is not my opinion. This is scripture and it's New Testament for the new covenant church lovers. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 20. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves, those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheap people. None of you will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that. You were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of God. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, free will, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say, food was made for the stomach and the stomach for the food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord and the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us up from the dead by his power just as he raised our Lord from the dead. This gets crazy. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is a part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, don't get lost in just prostitute, he becomes one body with her. For the scripture says, the two are united into one, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Love is not love. Sin is not sin. There are different levels of sin, and demons are not demons. We could spend a whole sermon on demons and on sin. There's levels of love. There's three kinds. There's levels of sin. There's more uh, defiling to one's body and others. And there's levels of demons. And demons are the strongest. The sexual demons are the strongest. Sexual demons are more controlling and powerful than other forms of demons. So James 4.17 says, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. So I am sorry, I just read 1 Corinthians, and now we know, and for us to not listen is sin. For me to know about chips, about overeating, and to do it anyway is sin for me. Now we can say, well, I'm not convicted about that music and that movie and that stuff. There's a line, right? Like you may not have the same line as me, but there are some things that are just clearly against the holiness and the Lord. Philippians 1.27 says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So here's the deal with being rooted. I am rooted by my day-to-day decisions woven together to create my style of life. And that shows me who my Lord is. And so, how will we know? Through discernment, we know where he's not Lord of our life. Now, can I recommend, besides uh, those keys and all of that, can I recommend you do one thing? The Bible says, put yourself in the company of truth. That means you need to be around people who also believe the Bible and follow Jesus. We have to, and we're not asking you, like you need to 
in no way, in fact, has Life Church ever or ever will say, you just need to get in this holy huddle and don't talk to anybody outside of church. No, no, no. But can you find three people? Can you find five who become a part of the company of truth? so that they're helping you grow and be deeply rooted. They're helping you work out your faith with fear and trembling. Also, Alpha is starting the end of this month. You might not agree with what I just said. You might not agree with the scriptures and what they just said. Alpha's the great place where you sit down and almost everybody at the table could disagree. There's no judgment, there's no uh, condemnation, there's no shutting people down, there's discussion around the scripture, around the topic. We would love for you to, to consider Alpha, but I'd love for you to say, who are my three? Who are my five? Maybe you're climbing from, you have two, you're gonna find a third, and then you're gonna find five. Will you close your eyes? Will you bow your head? I wanna pray for you because you might say, well, I've made him my savior, but I don't know that I've made him Lord. But, but the better question, and some of us are even in this room, and we've not made him Lord or savior. So all of it is so far reaching and far away from our grasp when we're not just already in Jesus, in Christ. So I'm gonna ask, and I'm not gonna have anybody stand up. I'm not gonna center you out. I'm not gonna have you walk forward. But if anyone in here would say, I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I'm just gonna ask you to slip up your hand and make eye contact with me. Slip it right back down. Thank you. 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 Anybody else? Thank you. Did I miss anybody? So everyone in this room, let's all pray with our friends that are making this decision. Everyone repeat after me out loud. Lord Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Save me from myself, from my sins. Forgive me. I repent. And I want to make you Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Pastor Dallas is going to give you the next steps on that and receiving Jesus. Best thing you could do. Simple, not easy. But I'm not going to ask anyone to raise their hand and point you out because we're all at different levels of where is he compartmentalized. He's not Lord of this, but he's Lord of these three things or vice versa. So I'm not going to ask for you to raise your hands and to, to center you out in any way. But I just feel like I need to pray for everybody because obviously I have things I'm still dealing with and still giving over into his Lordship. So will you just bow your heads one more time? God, I pray for my friends that, God, you, you use uh, fire to burn away the imperfections, but you use water to cleanse. And I believe that this morning we experienced not just in worship, but through your word, through scripture, through a lot of scripture. God, not just the need, but hopefully a desire in us to make you Lord of our life. Maybe like we've never had before. Hopefully my sanctification means I need to be more like you today, that I didn't come here and leave the same as the, the I declared and spoke out loud I'm not leaving here the same. God, we've been doing this Life Church thing for 10 years. It's been great. People have been inspired. People have been loved. People have been connected. But God, if we leave here the same this Sunday or any Sunday, how are we any different than just plain church? God, be Lord of our life, of our church, but of us individually. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Still thinking about the message? Go follow our message recap podcast. Chew on that. 
The Chew on That podcast is a podcast where Life Church staff chew over the latest messages to dig deeper into our faith. Tap the link in the episode description to have a listen. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week.